Hello everyone, I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks with my friend and co-host Dylan Backer, and in today's video we're talking about whether the Knicks should be shopping around Julius Vander or not, right? Now, um, obviously reports came out that the Knicks are going to be interested in Bradley Beal, and that this wasn't like a just, oh, they found that Bradley Beal was available, so they'll, uh, you know, do their due diligence. No, they, they've seemed to have some interest in him for a while, um, and this isn't necessarily surprising. I believe they had interest in him a couple years ago before he got his extension, he was due for one, um, and it was rumored that the Knicks would potentially uh be you know offering a package for him now weirdly enough i think they're in a better position now than they were when they weren't as good <laughs> to um make an offer for bradley beal mainly because of their pick situation and i think their young talent is pretty good and, and overall just the contract of bradley beal has diminished his value despite the fact that i don't think he's that w much worse of a player than he was uh two to three years ago but, you know, with that being said, one of the guys that are going to be involved in a trade uh, or not going to be, they're going to be discussed in a trade would be Julius Randle. And, you know, Julius Randle has been talked about in trade packages really for the longest now, right? The second the, the, the postseason ended, there were people who have wanted Julius Randle traded. And we wanted to kind of throw our hat in the ring here and talk about um, our, our feelings on that. And so uh, there's plenty to talk about. We're really excited to get into things. But Dylan, how are you doing today, my friend? And, and tell me a little bit about what you feel when you hear Julius Randle trade rumors. Right. So, you know, when I hear Julius Randle trade rumors, the first thing I think of is like salty Knicks fans that are mad about his playoff performance or his temper tantrums on the court or whatever it is, you know, that gets that makes you not like Randall. But when I hear about, you know, trade rumors around Randall, Randall, I think, OK, if they're going to trade him, it has to be for the right guy because Randall is not no slouch. He's a two time all NBA player, two time all star. You don't accidentally do that. You actually have to earn that. And Randall has earned that both times. You know, not many power forwards get you 25, 10 and four. You know, for those who say that Obi Toppin should start over Randall, uh, you should check yourself a little bit because, you know, Toppin may have shown flashes as a starter, but let's be real here for a second, guys. He's not better than Julius Randall, no matter how much you dislike Randall or whatever. Obi Toppin is not better. But with that being said, you know, Bradley Beal stuff, yes, the Bradley Beal stuff did come out the other day. You know, the Fred Katz report yesterday saying that how, you know, discussing the Knicks, the Knicks level of interest in Bradley Beal and how they've been interested in him for quite a while now. It isn't like just a new thing that sprung up. No, they've, they've seemed to want him for a while, and understandably so. You know, he's a very talented scorer, very efficient from the floor. You know, he's a decent three-point shooter as well, pretty above average in that aspect. You know, so understandably so, they're, they want Bradley Beal to improve the offense, and I totally get that. He's also a solid playmaker too, so you, you enhance some ball movement as well. It's just a matter of that contract. The contract situation is tough because, you know, Bradley Beal is also the only player in the NBA with a no-trade clause. So first and foremost, if the Knicks want to get Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal has to say yes. You know, it's not like the Wizards can just move him and Bradley Beal doesn't have a say. No, Bradley Beal himself has to say yes, I will take that trade to the Knicks. So that's the first and foremost thing. Secondly, if the Knicks were to make an offer for Bradley Beal, it's almost certain that it's going to involve either one of R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle. Now, before we got on here this morning, we saw Ian Begley reporting that he thinks that given R.J.'s recent playoff performance, that R.J.'s position in New York seems a little more safer than Randle's. Now, me personally, I disagree with that statement, and I and I say that because, like, okay, yes, R.J. did step up in the playoffs, and I applaud that, and I do think that it kind of made, like, the debate of which one needs to go in terms of Randle or Barrett a little tougher. I do agree in that regard. But in my opinion, I think Randall would be the better long-term fit. I, I personally do. You know, yes, I understand some people may say he's not a winning player or he won't help us win games, this and that. I think he just pairs with Jalen Brunson better than R.J. Barrett does, and I think that's what's more important. Because, you know, Jalen Brunson clearly has become, like, the guy on this team now. I think that was pretty clear during the postseason. So... 
With that being said, you know, I personally like Brunson and Randall as a duo better than Brunson and Barrett. Now, I'm not saying Brunson and Barrett as a duo was bad. I just think Brunson and Randall as a duo was better. You know, I think it's better. I think there's more scoring involved. You know, you have more like all around scoring. You have three point scoring, inside scoring, mid range, you know, free throws, all that stuff. Randall, of course, is a good rebounder as well. So you're enhancing that. Both Brunson and Randall are pretty good playmakers as well, you know, especially Randall at his position. Not many power forwards are as good of passers as Randall is. You know, yes, the turnovers may sometimes be an issue, but for what it's worth, he's a really good passer. So with that being said, you know, that's what I think about it. I think that, you know, they should try to focus on building, get adding another piece to play alongside Randall, Randall and Brunson. That's what I personally think. I think it would be better, but, you know, to each their own on it. What do you think about it, Ryan? Yeah, no, um, you know, we discussed this in the uh, R.J. Barrett episode, like what should the Knicks do with R.J. Barrett, right? You know, the Knicks struggled with three-point percentage, they struggled with defense, and they struggled with true shooting percentage, right? So efficiency from deep, efficiency as a whole, and, you know, just being a consistently strong defensive unit. That did improve with the with Josh Hart, so I'm not too concerned about the defense the way I am about the three-point shooting. I do think they need to get a little better defensively, or at least have better defensive personnel in place, um, but I'm much more concerned about their ability to stay efficient um, offensively and RJ Barrett had a below average true shooting percentage last year, well below average three point percentage, and it's trending in the wrong direction in recent years. He's regressed every single year since year two as a shooter. Um, and then defensively, he didn't provide you much. Um, defensively, RJ Barrett really struggled. And it wasn't like RJ Barrett was playing the role he was in 2020, where he was asked to defend some really tough guys. That was Quinta Grimes' role this season. Again, Quinta Grimes led the league in de- uh, you know de- uh, matchup difficulty on defense. So, you know, you can't really put that as the reason why RJ Barrett struggled. RJ Barrett struggled defensively. He was he was giving the Knicks a lot of problems there, and he's the only starter in that starting five that doesn't check off any of the three boxes, right? For as raw as Quinn Grimes is as a prospect, you know, he's someone that you still aren't entirely sure of if he can take that next step. He's still a plus shooter, and he's still a plus defender, and I think he's a plus in true shooting percentage as well. So he checks off all three boxes on paper, um, and I think he fits the Knicks well. Don't even have to talk about Jalen Brunson. Yes, he's a negative on defense, but you're not. We're not discussing whether Jalen Brunson fits the Knicks or not. I think that's uh, crazy. Uh, Mitchell Robinson doesn't provide you the spacing, and while yes, he has a strong true shooting percentage, you expect most you know bigs who only take shots in the paint to have a strong true shooting percentage. So I'm not going to give him that either. But he's a great defensive center. Um, he helped the Knicks a lot in that series against the Cavs. Remember, guys, the Cavs are walking into that series with two of the best defensive bigs in the NBA, and Mitchell Robinson had Jared Allen saying, "Oh, the." Brights are a little too light or a little, you know, brighter than I expected. You know, when you get a when you get a grown man to admit that, you, you did some things defensively that series that are definitely impressive. So I don't think we're talking about Mitchell Robinson being the reason why the Knicks didn't get past Miami or why or, or as a um I wouldn't even say as not a place to improve because you can get better from Mitchell Robinson, but not a place of dire improvement or not a place where like you absolutely need to trade Mitchell Robinson. He's a plus for this team. I think he helps this team. Um, you know, you look at Julius Chan on RJ Barrett, that's what it comes down to. Randall's a better shooter. Randall provides you more volume from three. He's more efficient of a scorer. He's a better volume scorer. Both of them are negatives on defense, but Randall provides you physicality. And for as much as people get upset about the temper tantrums and all that stuff, you know, that that brings a level of intensity that I think the Knicks need, right? There's a reason why Tom Thibodeau loves Julius Randall. If Tom Thibodeau did not like Julius Randall, if the players couldn't stand him, I promise you he wouldn't have been here after last year when he A, wasn't an all-star player. B, was he just wasn't good last year, right? The, the year before 
before this, like he wasn't he wasn't that good, right? The Knicks had problem. He was he was causing problems for the Knicks, and they stuck with him, right? And there's a reason for that because the production matches the intensity he has on the court, and yes, it spills over into uh, meltdowns and all that stuff, and, and that's not acceptable. I'm not saying that that's something that we should tolerate or we should say is okay, right? It does cost the Knicks sometimes because of technical fouls and all that stuff. But end of the day, right? Does Julius Randle really? take does Julius Randle not fit this team better than RJ Barrett does and when people say you know well RJ Barrett's only 23 well we're entering year five right and and you know if we're making a win now move we're not worried about the development of RJ Barrett we're worried about trying to win games and is RJ Barrett going to be the second option or uh, on a Knicks team that has Jalen Brunson and Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or whoever it may be Absolutely not. He's going to be in the exact same role he is now with a, you know, with a smaller starting lineup, as you would imagine that Quinn and Grimes have to slide into the small forward position um, and that you'd have to move, you know, Beal or Levine or whoever it may be to the two spot. Um, you don't know who your power forward is at that point, right? Um, that creates a lot more questions. It's a lot easier to make the, okay, you just take RJ Barrett out the lineup and replace him with Bradley Beal than it is take Julius Strand out of the lineup, replace him with Bradley Beal, and then add a power forward. It just doesn't make a lot of roster sense. It doesn't make a lot of basketball sense and the numbers back this up right uh, the numbers say that Julius Randle impacts the Knicks significantly better than RJ Barrett does and I think that matters again you, you're a win now team you're not in the the world of developing RJ Barrett this is never going to be RJ Barrett's team I think we kind of have to move past that this is never going to be his team it, it sucks to say that because you know that's what you envisioned when he got drafted but you can't get stuck on the vision of what you had when he was drafted you've got to allow new information to change opinions end of the day I, I think it would be not disastrous, but I think it would severely limit the Knicks' ability to win uh, in the postseason if they were to try to run out a, a lineup that had all three of Brunson, Beal, and Barrett on the court, knowing that all three of them are negatives defensively, and knowing that you're going to have to then add uh, a power forward at some point or do something. I mean, are you going to bench Barrett? I mean, you're going to bench Grimes. I can't. I don't even know why I'm mentioning Grimes here. You would have to bench Grimes. So you bench your best defensive uh, wing, right, outside of Josh Hart. You have to start R.J. Barrett with those guys. You're, you're turnstile defensively. I promise you're going to get 130, 140 dropped on you by certain teams. It's not going to work. I don't think think the fit works in the basketball court I don't know what you think Dylan no I actually 100% agree with everything you were saying you know it's just like you know we really wanted RJ to be like the guy on this team we really did we were rooting for the guy when we drafted him back in 2019 we exactly we envisioned him to be exactly like the guy by this point in his career unfortunately it has not panned out that way yes he is only 23 years old he is young but like you said it's also year five this it's not that's at this point now, he's a veteran. He's an NBA veteran at this point. He's no longer like a young prospect. No, he's a veteran now. He's got plenty of league experience now. So at this point, you need to like really consider like you know who helps his team more in the long term and what's the better fit. And yes, I know Randall is not a perfect player, nor is he necessarily a popular player among the fan base, which me personally, I don't understand because Randall did turn this franchise around, so I feel like we're not giving him enough credit for that. But with that being said, you know, I do I like RJ Barrett as a player, I do. I just don't know if this Knicks team is exactly the spot for him in the long term. And that's not exactly like RJ's fault. It's just a matter of does he fit around the other guys on this team and will he in the long run, you know, provide some championships or anything like that. I can't say that. And I can't, you know, I want to be transparent here. I can't say the same thing about Randall either. I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and act like Randall is definitely going to get his championships. No, I'm not going to sit here and say that. But what I will say is I think there's a better fit situation with that. Because like you said, if you drop Randall, now you have to go find a power forward. Because I'll tell you right now, if you start Obi Toppin for an 82-game season, it will not go well. It will not go well. Not only will it be 
awful defensively, but you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of points out of doing that as well. Randall provides you 25 points per game. That's not an accident. He's that good of a score, and it's on a good efficiency. So it's not like he's just out there chucking. No, he's he's getting his buckets. You know, Obi Toppin has shown flashes, yes, but like like we've been saying. He's smaller, he's less physical, he doesn't play as good defense, he doesn't even rebound very well too for his size, which is a concern. So it's it's not in my opinion I think you just have you got to stick with Randall. I really do. And you know, I'm not saying that like, you know, Randall will, can be like the guy. No, I don't think Randall should be the number one option on this team. I think that has to be Jalen Brunson at this point or if you go get another superstar, it's that guy. I don't think it should be Randall. But I also don't think we should axe Randall here and treat him off and send him off like he's some scrub and that he's not worth being on this team even though he's a two-time All-NBA player and we haven't even had like a two-time All-NBA player really since Melo. So, and I'm and, you know, I'm not comparing Randall to Melo. I don't want fans to jump on me for that. But with that being said, like, you know, I think we need to respect this player a little more. I think we do. You know, and I'm not saying to, you know, do the reverse effect on R.J. Barrett. No, R.J. Barrett's a solid player. Yes, I just long term fit. I think Randall makes more sense. I, I think it does. If you disagree with me, that's perfectly fine. I just think it makes more sense. You get more scoring. You get more physicality. I think you just you you get better basketball. I really do. I think it just makes sense from a fit standpoint. That's really all I got to say. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, and ultimately it just comes down to fit, right? You know, can if you told me, okay, R.J. Barrett goes to like the Wizards and he goes out and he becomes a productive player, like I wouldn't be shocked by that. That wouldn't necessarily be like, oh my gosh, you could have seen this coming. Um, but, you know, again, it comes down to, all right, so the Knicks acquire, let's say, Bradley Beal is the hypothetical, right? Because I guess that's the likely situation, right? Not saying that they're absolutely not going to look at anyone else or that they're 100% going to get Bradley Beal. There are other teams in the mix that could get more desperate. Like, I think Miami could get super desperate here because Jimmy Butler's 35. Um, and unlike the Knicks, they don't really have that, like, second scoring option. I know Bam is, is a second star, but he's a big, he's not really a score first guy. You wouldn't necessarily think of Bam as the guy who's going to drop 30. Um, you know, could they get more desperate? Absolutely. The Bucks, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Those two teams might be more desperate than the Knicks. But if the Knicks were to pull off a trade for Bradley Beal, again, just looking at a projected starting lineup, would you, like, what team, What which team wins more games? Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Bradley Beal, like, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson? Let me, let me not say Obi Toppin. That's unfair. I think they would acquire a starter. I know they're, like, interested in, like, like a Naz Reed type. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to just say question mark. Let's say an above average defense first power forward, right? Because that's probably what they would look at. Um, or would you rather have Jalen Brunson, uh, Bradley Beal, Quinton Grimes, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson? I think that second lineup significantly better, right? It's not. I don't even think it's close. I, I do not think it's close. Those first three guys in the Barrett, Brunson, Beal lineup, there that that right there, you're going to get like Jason Tatum's dropping 40 on that. Like I not I don't even think he's going to have to break a sweat. I think him and Jalen Brown would drop like 80 combined on that, right? Like I, I and and that that to me enough, that to me alone would give me enough issues. This is not the NFL. This is not the NFL where you can get 30 dropped on you and just throw out Patrick Mahomes and win a million games. It's not going to work like that. This is the NBA. You could argue defense is a slightly more valuable than offense in the NBA. You could make that argument. It's extremely valuable. Really, what's the, which team is the last really bad defensive team to win the, the title? Right? I don't. I can't even think of one. People t- like labeled the, the Nuggets as a bad defensive team. 
I, I'd say the numbers and I'd say their performance in the postseason completely shut down that narrative. Jokic completely got rid of the de- not a defensive liability uh, narrative. The Warriors are a strong defensive team when they won it. The Bucks, I mean, come on, let's not. Let, I don't have to, we don't have to play there. Come on now, uh, you know, like it's it, the Lakers, right? Anthony Davis, unbelievable defensive player, right? Um, I know he has injury issues, but still, unbelievable defensive player. Um, the Raptors with Kawhi. You got the Golden State Warriors, three straight years. You have Klay Thompson as one of the best uh, three and D guys, and. Kevin Durant was a strong defender at the time as well. LeBron, when he won his titles, LeBron in his prime was one of the best defenders in the NBA. Had D-Wade as well. Had Chris Bosh. Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, you don't see teams that can't play defense win titles. And if you have Barrett, Brunson, and Beal on the court, they are not going to do anything for you defensively. And then you're going to have to be in a situation where you mentioned it with Bradley with a no-trade clause. If it doesn't work with one of those three guys, then you inevitably just trade R.J. Barrett because you're not trading Brunson. You can't trade Beal. You would have to trade Barrett. So I, I think regardless, you're you're kicking the can down the road. I, I feel like this is a tough conversation to have. But for Randall, it feels like, yeah, I don't think Randall, I don't know how long Randall will be a New York Nick, um, but I know that there's a chance that he can fit on, on a team that has Beal and Brunson. I feel like if you have a team with Beal, Brunson, and Barrett, you're just kicking the can down the road for trading Barrett. And I feel like at that point, that's just unfair to the guy, right? You're just going to make him a third option on a team that, you know, doesn't have any defense around him and ask him to, like, guard, hey, like, hey, I know you struggled defensively last year. Now go get Jason Tatum, please. Uh, or, like, hey, can you go stop, uh, I don't know, you want to go stop Jamal Murray if we go play the Nuggets? Like, you want to help us out with that? Like, that feels unfair to do to the guy. Uh, whereas, you know, Julius Randle, not that you can do more unfair things to him, but I think that Julius Randle can have his uh, – deficiencies masked a little bit more with Grimes and Robinson next to him. Beal is still a weird fit for this team because he's an offense first guy. Um, I think we can agree there. It's like, it's still gonna be a weird fit if they do it. Um, But I just think that Randall, and he's been a pot, he's shown like defensive flash before. It doesn't, it feels like it's more so a consistency thing with him. And I think that's kind of, I think you can kind of wrap up all of Randall's struggles with just consistency, right? Sometimes it just feels like he's either on or off. Like there are days where he's like, he's making the clutchest shot you've ever seen, or he's lighting up the Timberwolves for like 50, right? He can't miss from three. And then there are other nights where it's like one for nine from three and like five for 17 from the floor. And you're like, you just shot us out of the game. Um, but you know, I've talked about this before the Knicks sometimes are a little passive on the court. Sometimes they don't take the shot, right? You see, and, and I think ball movement's a good thing, but you know, sometimes I can, I, I, you know, kind of wish Quinn Grimes was a little more aggressive. Like, Hey, you, you got an open look, just pull the trigger on a three, just shoot it. Don't, don't worry about trying just shoot it. You know what I mean? And Randall's one of those guys where he's got an open look from the corner. Uh, he's shooting that thing. Right. And I, and I have the confidence that he'll do that. Um, and so I think that, you know, yes, he's got to do better consistency wise, got to keep the emotions under wraps a little bit more, but the overall package for Julius Randall is a net positive for the Knicks. And I think that trading him would only be acceptable if you're severely upgrading your team. Like we're talking like acquiring an MVP guy. I think you could agree with me there. And I know, I don't know if you want to have any final points you want to throw in before we wrap up. Nah, basically, I just, I second everything you said, you know, everything you said was pretty spot on to me, you know, it makes sense, you know, just having a lineup of like Brunson, Beal, and Randall just feels better than having, you know, three smaller guys as your one, two, three, guys that don't play great defense, and, you know, guys that haven't always, you know, not saying that like Beal and Barrett aren't trustworthy players, but, you know, Beal's had his injury issues, you know, Beal actually took steps back in his past two seasons from scoring 30-plus a game, you know, R.J. Barrett has been, you know, the R.J. Barrett of inconsistencies that we all know. My point that I'm trying to make is, like, I think fans have given up on Randall a little too quickly, and I understand that there's frustration that's boiled over from the two playoff losses. I understand, but in Randall's defense, 
Look at the team around him, man. In both runs. Jalen Brunson he had this time, yes, but the spacing was still a massive issue. Outside of Jalen Brunson, not a single person could shoot. That's going to affect Randall too. That's going to affect him. Yes, maybe Randall contributed to the issue a little bit as well, but it's also going to affect him when no one else is spacing the floor enough and he can't you know, get better looks from three or get looks from inside the paint, which is probably where he wants to go to more often, but he's unable to do that with the lack of spacing, so he's forced to take more outside shots. I want to see, you know, I want fans to kind of see, like, before they draw a complete com- conclusion toward Randall, I kind of want to see, you know, what it would look like with a more spaced out offense on the court for Randall. You know, J.J. Redick made a good point on ESPN a couple weeks ago during the next playoff run. And he said, like, yes, Randall has been, was bad in the playoffs, yes, but it's also not entirely his fault. The spacing around him was terrible. Nobody around him could shoot. It's as simple as that. When the spacing is that bad, you can't expect even your star players to do all the work. You just can't do it. It's not going to work that way. You know, especially when your 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 guys are more expected to work inside rather than three-point shooting. I'm not saying that Brunson and Randall should not be shooting threes. No, I I would lo- I'd love for them shooting threes. You know, they've been good at it. It's just, you know, that's obviously not their strength. That's not their go-to uh, scoring method. So, just my point that I'm trying to make is just, you know, Let's see what happens when there's more spacing in the offense before we draw a conclusion of whether Randall really is the issue or not. And maybe fans will say that I, we're being too fast on RJ. We should do the same thing for RJ. I understand that, but at the same time, you know, we're in year five for RJ and he's been up and down his entire career and we're kind of just wondering, like, okay, is he actually going to be that guy or not? You know, Rand- Randall, yes, I understand. Maybe he hasn't been like that guy in the postseason. But again, wait until we have more spacing to draw a conclusion. Wait until we get more of that. You know, we've already seen that Randall can be that guy in the regular season. We've already seen that twice now. So he's proven it. I need RJ to do the same thing. And quite frankly, he hasn't. So there's a reason why we're highlighting RJ more as a trade candidate than Randall. It's as simple as that. It's not, it's not that we have a vendetta against the guy. It's just it's a matter of fit and we want to win games. You know, we can't focus on player development forever. We got to try to win games. We're, we're past the, the draft and development phase now. Now we're in win-now mode. We are because now we're a playoff team. Simple as that. That's pretty much all I got to say. Do you got any final thoughts and want to wrap this up? Yeah, no. Just turn off my own mic. Uh, you know, uh, I think the big thing here uh, is that, you know, and you emphasize this, we don't have anything against either player. We just want the Knicks to win. Um, and we understand that this offseason, because of rumors like this, are going to create a Barrett versus Randall thing when it should just be a conversation. Like, we're all Knicks fans. At the end of the day, we want what's best for our team. And, you know, whatever the starting five is, whoever our, our rotation guys are, you know, we're, we're, we just want them to be the best they can be. Um, if there's a world where RJ Barrett steps it back up defensively and and is just an like he's like plays like an OG and an OB you know role with better offense. Uh, if he could do something like that, I mean, we would be sitting. I mean, I think you and I would be sitting here like, man, this is exactly what the Knicks need. Because end of the day, RJ Barrett's twenty three, right? Or twenty two is turning twenty three. You know, um, we acknowledge the fact that there is a possibility he takes that leap. Um, but you know, we also acknowledge the possibility that it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen here, and it has to happen somewhere else, or uh, that the fit isn't necessarily there. But with that being said, we'd love to hear you guys and and hear you guys what you guys have to say in the comments below this is definitely a really really interesting conversation uh there's a lot of nuance to it there's a lot that goes into it so we appreciate you guys sticking through the entire episode and uh checking out our podcast if you guys like what we do make sure you guys like comment and subscribe you guys can check out fireside nicks on twitter instagram tiktok facebook and of course this youtube page the audio version of this podcast will be out on apple Podcasts and spotify drop a five star rating if you can and you guys can follow our personal twitter accounts they're above our heads we do articles on empire sports media 
on various New York sports teams, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Knicks, the Giants, all those teams. Uh, and we really appreciate you guys if you guys would check out those articles as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. And we'll see you guys in the next episode of Fireside Knicks. Peace out.